You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. The name of William Wilberforce, and here comes our history again, is very well known. He's a very respected and well-known figure in global history. He was the leader of the movement that worked for the abolition of slavery. And there we have a pic of the actor who played William Wilberforce in the movie called Amazing Grace. He worked his whole life with incredible courage, with amazing perseverance to see the Slavery Abolition Act passed in 1833, three days before he died. That was his life's work. And I think that's an incredible model for us of faith, perseverance, guts, stamina. And despite all kinds of obstacles, he had terrible stomach condition. Not sure exactly what it was, but there were days and nights when he'd be writhing in pain, literally on the floor. But he pushed on. He was um, someone who came to know Jesus in his youth. And he developed a very deep relationship with him. And apparently, his deepest and greatest wish was to spend his life in meditation, preferably in a garden, surrounded by nature, quiet and reflective. And in fact, if you can flip to the next pic, it did become part of the rhythms of his life. He would draw away and he would spend times, just intimate moments of communion with Jesus, um, communion with his God, hearing his voice, getting these downloads from heaven. He also, though, was gifted with tremendous speaking talents and singing talents. And so many of his hours and most of his days was spent in debate and in oratory in the Houses of Parliament. <coughs> and perhaps we can see that pick. There he is in the forefront, you'll see with his back. To you as you view the picture, uh, debating in the Houses of Parliament. And it was the same circus then as it is now. <laughs> Those of you who watch the Brexit are going, going on. And there he is on the floor debating, speaking, fighting, fighting the fight um, on the floor. He also had the gift of a beautiful singing voice. And if you can have the next pick, he was not ashamed. He had the guts to use it. Actually, you don't see it in this photograph, but he is standing on a table. It's actually a gambling table. He's surrounded by people who in that whole gambling vibe and has consumed loads of alcohol and have not the patience to listen to any of his sentiments on slavery or anything else. But he stand on that table and as he started to sing, the movie shows us, like about halfway, everyone was jeering and mocking him, but about halfway through, silence starts to fall and just the sound, the resonance, the impact of that voice would start to hit the viewers. Um, an amazing life, well lived. He was given a voice and 
he was prepared to use it, not only in singing praise and in praying in communion with his creator, but in the skeptical, critical, harsh world of politics and society of his day um, to bring change to society on many, many levels and actually to see God work through him to transform not only England and the immediate society in which he found himself part of, but transform people's lives around the globe, thousands and thousands, if not millions of lives around the globe. Today's talk, preach, I've entitled, thank you, I've entitled Releasing Your Voice. I believe God is calling us to release our voices in a new way. And essentially, I felt to speak about it from two points of view. The first one is listening to the voice of God, listening to his voice in intimate moments of reflection with him so that our voices can echo his voice. And then secondly, releasing our voices actively, having a voice to change our world, however large or small that world or that sphere of influence may be. And I think that there's an incredibly important interplay between the two, the times of reflection, intimate communion, prayer, listening to the voice of God, knowing what he's saying, what's on his heart, and action, standing out, speaking out, standing up for something, being an influence, making a difference. And so I believe that God has actually created us to have a voice, to express the uniqueness of who we are. As part of his creation, um, which he has created endlessly diverse and incredibly unique, if you look at nature, you see his fingerprint on everything, but everything is unique. Um, I believe that we've been created as part of that, and I believe that when Jesus lives in us by his spirit, we carry that fingerprint, we carry his voice, his fingerprint within our inner being and within our voices and we are carriers of his kingdom life in word and in action so when I speak about our voices it's also larger than just words it's in the sense of having a voice making a difference being an influence in the way we live and so essentially this is at the core of what I want to say today his voice and his life finds expression through us as we release the good news of the gospel in what we say and in what we do. I'd like to read from Isaiah chapter 40, some verses. Firstly from verse three, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The king comes. We are the messengers calling out, make way for the king. Open your hearts 
to receive him. Open your lives to allow him to come in and reign and change things for you and for others. The messengers, we're preparing the way. We're carrying that call to ask people to open the way in their lives and hearts to receive Jesus and to allow him to bring change in their lives and their world and the world, the wider world of society around them. Again, from verse, from verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. <coughs> Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Beautiful. Personalizing it for us who are the messengers who bring the good news of the gospel. To be bold. To tell of the power and the glory of our mighty Savior. And then the other part of his character, of his nature. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that has young, have young. He the mighty saviour, the awesome God, is also the tender father whose love and compassion and kindness completely change our lives, our world. That's our message. It's our good news. Here is the king coming to reign and to change us from the inside out. Verse 3, of course, is... I'm sure most of us know, refers, there's a tie, there's a link to John the Baptist because Matthew in his gospel actually says that it is John who was referred to by Isaiah. And he quote, quotes verse 3 and he says, he was one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Well, what kind of messenger was John, John the Baptist? Much of his life was spent in the desert, in the wilderness, um, at the River Jordan, baptizing people, and his whole ministry pointed to Jesus, always, whatever he was doing, it pointed, his whole life work was pointing to Jesus, excuse me. He was an unconventional figure. Imagine this, see it, the desert, the river, the backdrop, and his style, camel, camel hair and leather. <laughs> okay. Now, that verse might refer to John, but it also refers to all of us. We all are messengers. We all are voices calling in the wilderness of whatever the particular desert is that we find ourselves stuck in or part of. We all are calling um, out and pointing towards the King, the Savior, Jesus, who can bring the change, who can give us new life, who can change things in our lives, who can bring us salvation. And I want to say to you today, what's your style? What's your sphere of influence? I feel so strongly that the enemy would actually like to squash us. He would like to silence us. He would like to crush us and anesthetize us in a way that actually robs us of our voices, of the significance of our voices. Um, I know that he wants to do it. He comes to rob, he comes to steal, he comes to destroy. But today, if we can grasp somehow, again, the incredible awesomeness of our unique voice and to know that we are here in this place at this time for a purpose. Act 17 tells us that God has determined the times and the exact places 
set for each one of us to live. So the place, the time, it's set by God. You and I are here for such a time as this. This country, this neighborhood, this community, so this, the family you're in, the workplace you're in, the business, whatever, the people you interact with, you have a voice. You've been given one. Will we use it? Will we really stand up and make a difference? Use our voices, release our voices. It's almost like a picture I, I had of our voices like birds in a cage. And even when the cage, we know that God has opened that cage, it's like the bird is scared to fly. And I just believe God is saying to us, release your voice, release your voice with new boldness. I'm calling you to that today. You have influence on the lives that you're connected to, whether it's a brief interaction, someone you meet on a plane, someone you have a small interaction with, every connection um, has significance. Nothing but nothing is by chance. I believe that with all my heart. Um, each opportunity is a chance to use your voice to inspire, to uplift, to speak truth, to bring redemptive and transforming love, the love of God, into the lives of people around us. And if we allow him to, I believe God wants to extend that to not just individual people, but to actually into the fabric of society. I believe he wants to enlarge the picture for us of the kind of influence we can have releasing our voices. So let's be bolder. Let's be bolder. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, us to know that he has come to enable us to be bolder and to do the good works that he has prepared for us from before we were born. It says, Ephesians says, um, we have been saved by grace through faith. It's a gift, not by works, but it's to empower us. That grace empowers us to do the works that he's prepared for us to do from before we were born. They're there to, for us to take hold of and to, to allow him to empower us and to live that in and through us. Let's think just for a moment, though, of just start simply with our physical voice. Each of us has a unique voice. We can recognize, oh, hello, hello, Jen. We know it's Jen, we know it's Deborah, we're here. Each has a unique voice, the shape, the size of your vocal cords, your vocal tract, the manner in which your speech sounds are formed and articulated, every single voice. They may sound a little similar, but every single one is as unique as your fingerprint. And everyone bears the fingerprint of God. I believe that. Um, in drama circles, we talk about the divine gift of speech. <laughs> but it is, it is a divine gift. And as I've said already, in that, when talking about a voice, I mean more than just the words we speak, although that is formidable in itself. Words have tremendous power. But unless those words that we speak are backed by the life, the authentic life we live, they really don't carry the power that God intends, I believe. But just to realize with a deep sense of wonder what a unique creation we are and what an incredible gift God has given us. We were created 
I believe without a doubt, to live in him. In him we live, again, Acts 17, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Without breath, coming up from our lungs, this physical voice wouldn't work. Without air coming across this vocal cords, we would have no voice. Without his breath, the breath of his spirit, his Holy Spirit, we can have no spiritual life or voice. It all depends. It all must start in that quiet place where we are intimately with him, receiving from the Lord, deep calling to deep, his spirit filling us, filling us in our innermost being so that we can hear his voice. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, what is on your heart? What are you saying? I want to say what you say. Let's just spend a little while focusing on that quiet time. The time of prayer. Prayer can take many forms. Prayer is conversation. It's a conversation. It's two-way. It's our voice. His voice, our voice, his voice. I think all of us occasionally slip back into the shopping, the shopping list. This, that, I pray about this, I pray for this one, I pray for that. It's two-way. We have to remind ourselves, quieten ourselves. Let me hear what you're saying. It's a two-way conversation. We pray with our understanding. We pray in a language with words. But we also pray in the spirit. And the word reminds us. To pray continually with our understanding and words, but also in the Spirit. Singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And somebody sent me some kind of a message on my phone today reminding me about the power of speaking in tongues. And I thought, absolutely. I know how important it is for me to do that because it builds me, the Word tells me, builds me up in my innermost being. It builds me up spiritually. Very good to remember that. And then the word, the word of God, so precious, so powerful, so important. Time to study and time to meditate, to just allow it to soak right into the very, very deepest parts of my being. It's not just a record of historical events, praise, poems, prophecies, accounts of miracles and God's dealings with man. It is a personal love letter also to me, to you, with promises and expressions of worship and guidance. It's God's voice for my life right now. It's life, it's breath, it's light to me every single day. It's the voice of God to me. The word of God, living and active. The voice of God speaking life to our souls. And in that, at the center, everything in his word points to the cross. I love that. He just sang about the cross and contemplated, reflected on the meaning of the cross. Everything in the word, everything points to the cross. He laid down his life for each one of us. And then he says to us, love each other the way I have loved you. Lay down your lives for one another. Love each other. Christians have not always been known in society mostly for their love. 
often more for their views, their sometimes condemning and judgmental voices. But I really believe that as we want to be voices of influence at the base of everything, a foundation for everything, we need to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Because our voices, the word says that you will be known as my disciples by your love. It's got to be a hallmark of who we are. It's got to be the timber, the inflection, the tone of the voices that we have in the world. Mother Teresa, another well-known and respected figure in the world. She is known for her love expressed in action. And this is what gave her a voice in the world. I'd like to read one of her favorite prayers. Let me preach to you without preaching, not by words, but by example, by the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what I do, the evident fullness of the love my heart bears to you. And her love for Jesus was expressed in her action. She also did write beautiful words, but it was her actions that won her the ear of the world that wanted to hear her voice. In her, in her own words, she says this. She said, I had the courage to answer Jesus' call with the simple word, yes. Yes to Jesus. Just yes. And that opened a platform for her in Oslo. <coughs> she was able to be a voice into the world when she received the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm, wow. Suddenly, she had the respect of the world. Of course, for the words of love she expressed, I do all for the love of Jesus. Everyone I serve, I, I see Jesus in them. I serve them for Jesus. I, lovely. But she was a nun saying nice words. But when her deeds grabbed the attention of the world, they wanted to hear what that voice had to say. And she, she said, in encouraging others, she said, we must not be afraid to proclaim Christ's love and to love as he loved. And I love that. Certainly she was not afraid and her voice had a power far beyond words. And yet, let's go back to those words, never underestimate the power of words. The importance of what she says, proclaiming, proclaiming the love, proclamation, declaration, prophetic declaration, um, testimony, the words of our testimony, powerful, powerful. When they're accompanied by faith, incredibly powerful. So I'd like to look briefly at some of those things. First of all, proclamation. Derek Prince says this. Anyone remember Derek Prince? Yes. Proclamation, thanksgiving, and praise, he says, working together, can release into our lives the promised blessings of God. Proclamation, thanksgiving, and praise. I love that. And um, when, I really believe that when we speak out in faith, loudly, silently, but even loudly is better. Somehow it's stronger because our, we hear our own voices. Uh, when we proclaim the scriptures over ourselves, with faith, there is an incredible power released. And I know everyone's probably read all about this. We've heard it a million times. And 
somehow there's always a little something sometimes when you're like, yeah, we've said that scripture a hundred times. It's almost like you can become numbed to it or it can sound like a cliche. But I feel today to encourage us to not forget the importance and the power, the dynamic power of doing that. Um, when we make those declarations, those proclamations about God's goodness, about the power of the cross, when we repeat those scriptures, we are speaking not only to our own ears and the people with us in the room, we are speaking to all the invisible powers that be. God, all his angels, the cloud of witnesses, Satan, all his demons. It is powerful. We're speaking to far more than just here. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Remember that one? You will refute every tongue that rises against you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Powerful things. By his stripes you are healed. How many times have you quoted? Does it ever sound like, oh, you said it a hundred times, it's kind of a cliche. Oh. Powerful. Powerful. Um, and you don't, we don't have to wait for the right religious moment. I learned so much from my mom. Um, she was someone who would go and she would just speak it out in the middle. She, we'd say, oh, we must pray. Uh, let, we must pray for uh, Kirsty Sedek or whatever. She'd start just praying. She'd say, Jesus, we say this, like he was in the room. But of course, he was. He was. She wouldn't wait for a nice religious moment. She would just speak out because there he was and we'd all agree. And there it was, as real as can be in the car, in your kitchen, in your home, wherever you are. Um, praise. We talked about praise and how releasing words of praise, how, how incredibly important this is, how powerful it is. I have to tell you a testimony, share a testimony, because this affected my life hugely. One day my mom, she must have been in her 80s somewhere, something around 80s, maybe going towards 90 at the time. And uh, we had some guests, some house guests, not all of them believers. And she was in the kitchen and she slipped on the tiles in the kitchen and she fell and she, as she fell, she hit against the cupboard and she hit her head against the edge of the stove. And her face was bruised and hurt and she was left lying on the tiles. And as she lay on those tiles, she sat up on the floor and she said, praise the Lord, Jesus, I thank you, I praise you, I exalt your name. You know, the house guests who were in the kitchen with her, their eyes just about, I mean, they were totally gobsmacked. They just couldn't believe their ears. I mean, you'd expect maybe some swear words or just some crying or complaining. And this praise pouring out of this mouth. I've never forgotten that. When Satan comes or when you just fall flat on your face, whatever, in those places where you're flat on the ground, Praise. Respond in the opposite spirit. You've come to rob me? I praise you, Jesus. I praise you. It's powerful, powerful, powerful. And the testimony of that resounds and rings through my life to this day. Prophetic words. Don't hesitate. Be bold. Share them. Write them. Sing them. Speak them. Um, those are seeds of life planted. And just before we came to the service today, I got a message, a family in Germany where we've been praying and speaking out, excuse me, speaking out prophetic words. And for, for 
over 20 years. And sowing, 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 words of life. And today, I got the message saying, I'm moving into my promised land. God has brought such breakthrough in so many areas of our lives. Um, it was such an encouragement because you see little things, you see little things, but God is faithful. Lift up, lift up your voice. Be encouraged. Don't give up. Persevere. Push through. Push on. He is faithful and he will perform what he has promised to do. Those prophetic words, those promises, he will do it. He will do it. It was just the encouragement I needed before I came. It was, it was thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. Um, yeah. When we say what the Father is saying, all of heaven is brought into the equation. That's what Bill Johnson says. He says, when that declaration is a testimony, then a creative prophetic power is released into the atmosphere. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so let me leave you with that as I end. When we declare the goodness of God, his power to save, to heal, to provide in the stories of our lives, whether it's a small thing or a big one, he backs that. His power is behind that. It's like as that word goes forth, that declaration of his goodness in our lives and what he's done and what he's doing. Sometimes it's great to give a testimony when your face is still down in the mud because you're like, well, he's done this, he's done this, but I know he's still doing that. It's good to be able to do that. When you do that, it's like this power is released to say, I'm going to repeat that testimony. Yeah. Prophetic words. And for those who receive it with faith, it's like it's going to repeat in their lives. They take hold of it and it's going to be repeated again. Release the voice of your testimony. Tell others about what God has done. Inspire others. Uplift others in whatever way you can, small or big things. Your stories, your God's stories are worth telling. Your voice for good, your voice to inspire them about the love of God, the goodness of God, his good plans, the good news of the gospel is powerful. Don't hold back. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your work colleagues, tell your kids your stories. Kids love testimonies. They get so excited. They want that. Um, three-year-old granddaughter she heard about how God gives you gold teeth she's like I want that I want mine here <laughs> take hold take it they want it they've got none of this well um <clears throat> they want it tell your kids your stories reading from Psalm 78 we will not hide them from our children telling the next generation to come to the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he's done that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of the Lord. And whether it's to your children, whether it's to your friends, whether it's to your family, whether it's on a stage where you have world attention, I want to encourage you to release 
your voice. Um, there might be people here today, I felt that there might be people who feel they've lost their voice, others who feel apathetic, maybe disappointed. They feel that the difficult circumstances, the busyness of life, the exhaustion, whatever it might be, has just dulled it. It's just dulled it. They're ticking over. And I believe the Lord wants you to have a release today. I want to believe he wants you to know that by his Holy Spirit, he wants to empower you to release that voice, to release your voice, to have a stronger voice in your business, in society, in whatever he's called you to. It might be to your family, but it might be much bigger than that. In fact, I believe for all of us, it's probably bigger than we ourselves would think. He wants us to have more courage and more influence in our world and the world at large. I believe that with all my heart. And so if you feel like you want to have a stronger voice, I, mean, I want to have a stronger voice. I know God has called me to more. It doesn't matter that I'm in my 60s. I know he's actually got more for me. I don't want to look back and say, when I, like, eight years ago, 10 years ago, I know he's still got more for me. And I want to, I want to have the voice that he wants me to have. And so if you're saying as well, whatever, in my family, in my life, in my business, in my sphere of influence, I want the more that God has for me. Um, maybe just like to stand and just pray for you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website thecollectivechurch.ca.za